This is episode 150 with Dawn. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. have a great episode for you today where we talk about relationships. Before we dive in, I just want to remind you that enrollment for my spring retreat is open and this sells out quickly. So make sure to go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. Before we dive into my coaching session with Dawn, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Our first sponsor is FreshBooks, and I want to speak to all you freelancers out there. Wouldn't you love an easy way to track your hours, format estimates, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that lace payment, prepare the invoice, and submit the proposal? Well, freelancing just got easier, and your paperwork just got to be a lot less. Our friends at FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds, set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks, and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need to whip up a quick proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has you covered. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork, go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Are you someone who needs a high performance laptop, but may not be a business yourself? Maybe you're a graphic designer, a video editor, Photoshop illustrator, anyone who works from home. Then you're going to love this offer from HP and Intel business on select eighth generation Intel powered HP PCs. Here's why you're going to love these. One, they're better performance. Business class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, allowing users like you to work faster and longer while on the road. Every HP Elite PC comes with an HP Elite Premium support, providing 24-7 dedicated service from U.S.-based specialists who are dedicated solely to supporting HP Elite products. HP Elite family products come with security software and features that protect at the data, identity, and device levels to keep data safe. And also to design the images that have impact you want, for example, as a graphic designer, you need a laptop with high computing power so you can handle multiple functions. And when you're searching for good laptops or graphic design, you have every right to be picky. HP has been a go-to choice for graphic designers for years because their powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user experience. So go to hp.com slash over it and get an extra 10% off on select eighth generation Intel powered HP PCs until September 17th. Again, that's hp.com slash over it. And now let's dive into my coaching session with Dawn. There's a lot of ground we cover in this episode. This is a fairly long coaching session, but there's so much insight. So I really encourage you to listen to all of it, especially my breakdown at the end. I give a long breakdown at the end with takeaways for you. And I also give some relationship tips and talk about an issue-based relationship, which is very common. You might even be in one now. So as you're watching or listening to the show, 
consider. Are you giving a relationship a second chance? In other words, are you in a do-over? You broke up and separated for a while, but you're questioning the breakup, so you're trying it again. Have you ever been in or are you in now a long-distance relationship? Growing up, did you ever feel like you were in the shadow of an older sibling or any of your brothers or sisters? And finally, have you ever or do you even now feel invisible? Like you're here, but people really don't see you. And so you feel like you really have to try extra hard to be noticed. So maybe you're an overachiever or people pleaser or perfectionist. So keep these questions in mind as you watch or listen to my coaching session with Don. Don, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I love your wisdom on redos. Redos. Yeah, second chances. Yeah. Do overs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm coming off a, uh, it's about a two-year relationship. Okay. We took about a seven-month break, okay. and it was long distance. So The whole relationship was long distance or the break? Okay. The whole relationship. How long distance? Uh, about from here to the Midwest. Okay. Gotcha. That's pretty long distance. Yes, and here, for those of people watching or listening, is California. West Coast. So, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's right. So we're traveling half the country. Um, it lasted about two years, um, but the distance was tough. Mm-hmm. The distance was tough for trust and uh, you know just getting together. So... We're doing a, re- a redo. As a matter of fact, okay. um, looking at it again from a new perspective and just wanted to know where you come from as far as what are those second chances all about? So, well, it doesn't matter what, much matter where I come from. This is really all about you right. and, and what this experience is about teaching you. So let's, just to get some facts, you, you, you're just coming off a seven-month break now? Right. Okay, right and now. why did you decide to try again? Uh, we, we looked at a couple of the things that, that held us back and obviously distance was a big one, uh-huh. not being able to get together. And what if that could be mitigated by just getting together more or okay. making a plan to evaporate that distance in the future? So, uh, both know it was, it was awesome while it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing that's ever happened, I know to me, and just didn't want to let that slide in the hopes that hadn't given it enough effort to make it work. What was challenging other than the distance? Um, probably trust, um, not being able to see one another as often as most couples would, not being in that kind of physical proximity. Where you could just watch each other and check each other's phones incessantly? Oh, no, gosh, I don't (laughs) want to do that. Yeah, the checking of the phone is definitely not my cup of tea. Because that sounds real healthy. Yeah, that that would not have been it. Just to establish that that steel trust that could, and I call it kind of bulletproofing a relationship, just Mm -hmm. really having a bond that... um, no matter what anyone told you, you'd say, nah, I know the person. That's not true. Right. Well, no relationship is bulletproof. And it really comes with, it's really about self-trust and mm. realizing that no one is our possession. Yeah. And because um, it's just, it's, it's, it's our own fear that creates any lack of trust. And it's our own doubts about our own lovability or worthiness that wow. also creates any fears around trust. So a couple more questions for you. You or her, who had the biggest issues with trust? I think her. Okay. And what were they? Well, I think because I'm more of a public personality, I was out. I do mm-hmm. a lot of speaking engagements. So there's mm-hmm. always a lot of interaction with people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, anytime that interaction, you don't know where does it stop, where is the line. Um, uh-huh. Do we both have the same understanding? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the look that could have been achieved by there's just so many opportunities mm-hmm. when nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But I think that type of, that constant wearing on her mm-hmm. would have been, I tried to put myself in that place. I thought, wow, that would have been tough to stomach. 
Yeah. It would have been tough to stomach someone you love shining their light and doing their thing in the world and interacting and hope, stepping yeah. into their purpose. Yeah. Would that be tough to stomach for you? I'm asking. No, I, I think if I if I'd had more clarity in looking at it in that way, mm-hmm. that would be extremely positive because I would definitely want to, you know, be their biggest cheerleader. Right. So yeah. my question to you is, how does it feel to be with someone that instead of cheering you on gets insecure? Uh, limiting, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a little bit stifling. Like there's a there's some hands around your neck, and I right. didn't feel as as comfortable as I could have been. Right. So I, I know for me, trust is a real big is a real big thing. Tell me more about that. Um, you know, you'd mentioned some insecurities. I'm mm-hmm. having an insecure sense of yourself, and mm-hmm. that's I would say from a young age that that really plagued me. Um, I didn't know who I was. I did a lot of soul searching, going out, moved to foreign countries, joined the service. So I think that was, in an essence, who is this guy? Yeah. Trying to find that. And, and what created that confusion? Um, I, I won't say anything particular. I had a great upbringing, you know, two parents. Um, had a uh, an older sister who was just a winner, mm-hmm. you know, who just couldn't do wrong, was just the, the star student. So I, I grew up in a type of shadow environment mm-hmm. where, um, and you'd think the younger sibling would get all the attention. Mm-hmm. I think there was always this, this great comparison that I probably artificially made that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that caused uh, myself to say, you know, who am I compared mm-hmm. to rather than who am I all by myself? Mm-hmm. You know, just little Don all by himself. Mm-hmm. So once I broke free from that, that was healthy. Well, I don't know that you're totally free from it yet. Could be. So what belief systems about yourself do you think you made you said you felt like you grew up in a shadow. That's significant. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to skip over that. Mm-hmm. What belief systems do you think you made about yourself, your own value, your own worthiness, based on that? That I wasn't seen. I just really wasn't. I wasn't outstanding. I was never a star athlete. Mm-hmm. I was never the guy to be picked first or the guy who got the girlfriend. So um, I think I used to refer to myself as Mr. Invisible. Mm-hmm. You know, am I really here? Mm-hmm. You know. Did people just see right through me and, mm-hmm. you know, look the other way? So mm-hmm. I'd say that belief system was, uh, of course, do I matter? Am I yeah. here for a reason? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the reason I was put on this earth? Yeah. Okay, I love the self-awareness. I love this. So the next question I want you to really listen to carefully. How do you think you've compensated for all of those judgments and beliefs? Uh, a lot of overdoing mm-hmm. uh, of things. Um, uh, if if I do something, it's got to be at the two hundred percent level, right. the three hundred percent level. I did. Um, I joined the service. I didn't just join the service. Yeah. I joined, you know, a unit that I knew I couldn't get into. Yeah. Um, I remember, matter of fact, getting to basic training, I could do seven push-ups, and these yeah. guys kind of looked at me and said, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I, I can do more than seven yeah. push-ups. <laughs> You're just out of your yeah. league. But yeah. You know, that's, I think that was, they would groom you. They can, they can create that out of you. And, you know, I had a, had a wonderful military career and things went well, mm-hmm. but it was always a, an overcompensation. Right. Right. And where do you think you are now with that? Uh, much more calmed down. I think it was having children mm-hmm. um, taught me uh, that my weakness and vulnerability was my strength mm-hmm. and not a, not a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Not saying that feeling, I think, are two different mm-hmm. things. But, you know, watching kids grow up and seeing the stages mm-hmm. and remembering, yeah, I went, I went through the exact same thing mm-hmm. and I'm here to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't die along the way. And why did your marriage end? 
Um, we kind of grew apart as, as roommates. Um, mm-hmm. Both of our children, we were getting ready to be empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of the kids are very dichotomous. Um, mm-hmm. One is so outgoing and you know, hard charger and, you know, jet off to a foreign country. And the other is uh, more laid down, kind of uh, relaxed. Mm-hmm. And as we saw the, the children, they almost mimicked my wife and I. Mm-hmm. She was the, the relaxed one and the more low-key, and I was the hard charger going out and... Right. You know, conquering the world type of thing. Or compensating. Could have been, yeah. 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 So let's, let's start to put these puzzle pieces together. So from a very young age, you've been in this compensatory strategy of overdoing and mm-hmm. overachieving. Because mm-hmm. on a base level, you don't think you're enough. Right. And on a base level, you don't think you're as good as X. Your sister, other military people, other speakers, mm-hmm. like whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So your own self-perception is is outward it's it's almost based on external feedback which distances your relationship with yourself right because you're sort of looking at yourself and a lot of times from the outside in Mm -hmm. and because at such a young age you form this belief that i'm not enough something's wrong with me you lost sight of who you truly truly are and went to go become who you thought you needed to be Mm -hmm. to measure up yeah there's a lot of creation yeah yeah a lot and so when we go against our core, you know, um, sense of self, which you did by feeling invisible, of course there's a lack of self-trust because we never think we're enough. So here you are in your life drawing in a woman who is distant physically and has trust issues. So, from my point of view, this is a lot of projection. Hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Of course. So tell me in your words what I mean by that. I'm a, one or the other would be the very, very first to project their sense of what the other one is doing based on internal conflict themselves. Exactly. So she's a mirror for you. So why do you think you've attracted a long-distance relationship? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that. Um, I had actually met my wife in Japan. I, uh-huh. I, I traveled to Japan. I'm not surprised. Um, there's no local girls in my community type of thing. I had blinders to that. And um, I think at the beginning, it's kind of a safety net. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a very secure, you can be with that person. You can, matter of fact, you can be on best behavior when you need to be. And then you kind of retreat mm-hmm. back to this layer of, you know, I'm in creation mode rather than I'm just in who am I mode. I'd rather mm-hmm. just be comfortable. So, yeah, it's, it's a very insightful question to ask that it points out, you know, a, 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 again, a, a self-distancing. Yes. Yeah, creating it myself. Yes. Because in a lot of ways, you distancing yourself has mm-hmm. been a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You did it in the past when you couldn't necessarily physically distance yourself as a child. You did it by making yourself feel invisible. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing that makes us feel more distant and more disconnected than feeling invisible. Right, as if you're not there. Right? Exactly. So I'm curious about how real, true intimacy, intimacy, Mm -hmm. feels for you. Because it sounds like in a lot of ways, as a child, even in your marriage, kind of having someone that was such a a more laid back, less fiery Mm -hmm. personality Mm -hmm. type, um, how you feel when like you really are seen and you can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Because it sounds like as a kid... I mean, you said yourself you felt you felt invisible. Right. And because, 
and I'm not saying your family did this intentionally, they probably didn't do it at all, just your perception, mm -hmm. you felt a sense of not enoughness in your own family, there was probably also a feeling of discomfort and disconnection mm -hmm. in the most intimate settings as a child that we have, which is our own family. Mm -hmm. So sounds like some, looks like some dots are connecting yeah. up there. What are you thinking? Yeah. It's ironic that you bring up that because I think I'm so drawn to really finally being seen and being like into me see, like mm -hmm. if you were to see into me. Mm -hmm. And I've, it's, I think, the creation of I'm trying to create a, a platform for that to happen rather what than. What do you mean a platform? Like a, a set of conditions or a romantic interlude or a, um, a storybook moment as if it's it's perfect scenario when wouldn't it be great if it could happen naturally? with a walk on Redondo Beach or... Well, it's really just about you and you. Mm. It's about how are you finally going to see yourself and trust yourself right. the way you've always wanted to be seen. Yeah, and, and kind of an unassuming, um, I like what I see, faults and all type of thing. Well, there are no faults. How do you want to be seen? Um, accepted for, um, and I think I have a very high honor code, Mm -hmm. I have a, a the how I, I see life existing or how I want both to be treated, but I really just have a servitude. I'd love to just serve and have that recognized and, mm -hmm. and say, you know, what you've given to creation is is wonderful, epic. But we're back creative. to you having to earn it. Yeah, I think there's that, that sense of um, edification from an outside where um, self-edification would be the best gift ever. Yes. For not having to do anything. Yeah, just being a good existing just human. Not even right. a good human. Mm. Just being you. Right. Being you when you're messy, being you when you're in a bad mood, being like whatever it is. Mm. Like really, that's the kind of intimacy I think you're yearning for. And what that little guy inside of you is yearning for yeah. is like, you are so enough. You don't have anything to measure up to. And he's just sort of waiting for you to fully accept and embrace him, mm. where the adult you is still looking for something outside of him mm. to fully love and embrace him and accept him. Well, it's good because it also puts the control back for, in, certainly within totally. your own hands. Totally. It's completely inside of your own hands, yeah. right? And so this, you know, I feel like this relationship, you drew it in at a time where you, you're ready to see how painful distance is. And I don't mean distance from another. Right. Distance from yourself. I mean myself. distance from yourself. Yeah. And the more distant we are from ourselves, the more disconnected we feel from others. Yeah, it, it is hard to, to, to emanate that love if yes. that self-love is just decimated. Yes. And you're also attracting someone who has trust issues, because you do. And I'm sure at times when she's doubted you, you've been like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm a good guy. Like, why exactly. are you... There's no reason for this. But that's what the little guy inside of you is feeling. He's like, I don't understand. Why am I not loved? Why am I not trusted? It's what I, I thought I was enough. Where'd I go? Yeah. Right. So the, the confusion you feel when she doubts you, where you're like, but I'm not giving you any reason mm -hmm. is mirroring what's happening inside of you of that like confused younger part of you. That's like, I don't get it. Why is he so mean to me sometimes? Why does he not trust me? Why is he put all this pressure? Like, mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong? Right. There is a sense of kind of unfairness. Um, there's there's nothing happening. There's no kind of transgression. Right. There's no there's no fault. But right. 
there seems to be a penalty. Right. And I'm sure that's self-imposed. Well, what does that remind you of? Yeah, exactly. Being in, you know, kind of young and invisible and, you know, how, I think the question was, was always not who am I, but why don't I matter? Yeah. And I always put it in a negative, why don't I matter? Yeah. Rather than just self-edifying and saying, yeah. I'm here, I'm good. Things yeah. are awesome. Yeah. So that's the theme of doubt, which Definitely. leads to the lack of trust. Definitely And is. so she's just marrying a part of you to you. So it is all self, yeah, that's in my hands. Yeah, it's the good news and the bad news. Like sometimes it's so much easier to be like, if only that other person would just change, it's totally their issues. And you know, other people have their stuff too, right? We're all right. dancing together through this and we're all each other's teachers. <laughs> but the good news part of it is, is in so many ways, it is just a reflection of what's mirroring inside of us. And so if we want to change our external reality, we create the internal shifts, mm-hmm. you know, and at some point, just in terms of the relational side of it, you're going to have to decide in terms of the kind of woman you want to be with, what you value. You know, like it would be very important for me personally to be with a man who, when I'm out doing my thing, is like, you go, girl. Exactly. Not like how many men were in the audience. Exactly. Why didn't you call me until da 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 You know, right. like that. that's just going to like, you know, wouldn't work. That's ex- the opposite of exactly why you're doing what it, you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to get clear on what you value and what you deserve. And also, you know, create agreements in relationship, it's so important to create agreements. Mm-hmm. I think that it's natural for anyone, especially when a relationship isn't too solidified, for our head to go to some crazy places. You know, my guy's out there, it's late, da, da, da. we've watched too many movies, like whatever. The, the head can go. Woven. And yeah. we all need that reassurance sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if, the, if it's constantly the reassurance over and over and over and over again, then there really is an unresolved issue versus just a crazy, crazy thought every once in right. a while. No, and so if you decide to pursue this relationship, you're going to have to speak your needs. You know, it's really important for me to feel like I can go and do my thing and I'm not going to be doubted and trusted and you really support me. Right. What kind of reassurance, what do you need to hear from me in this moment mm-hmm. to make you feel confident? Can we set some agreements so that this isn't a consistent yeah, like that. issue that comes up? Because the reason in relationships we have so many expectation hangovers and eventually separations or whatever, is because we we don't create clear agreements. Right. This is what I need. I understand you. I hear you. What do you need? How do we come to an agreement so this isn't a chronic thing? Right. And then if agreements are made and they keep getting violated and the same things start showing up over and over, then you have a different question for yourself of, you know, is this a value match? Mm-hmm. Because who knows, this woman could be the woman you spend the rest of your life with, or she could be a great teacher that's, that's coming in to show you no more distance. Mm-hmm. And that goes from self-distance to attracting long, and attracting long-distance relationships. Because mm-hmm. the more you get at home inside of you... The less I'll put up with the, Well, yeah. the less you'll attract women that live countries or states away. <laughs> right. right? And, and self-trust and no more mm-hmm. self-doubt. And knowing, Don, that you do not have to do anything to get the, as you said, edification. Right. What does the word edification mean to you and how does it feel? Um, you know, I've always actually been a proponent of it because um, I think I, I edify others to a, to a high degree. But and what do you mean? Like if you define edify, what does it mean? Um, recognize the, the epic nature of someone else and bring it to life. As a matter of fact, you know, you know emotional applause for okay. you. 
you know, to really make you feel as if, I guess it's to give me everything I always wanted, right? To make, to make someone invisible visible. Usually we're really good at giving others what we most need for mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm projecting my, my set of needs onto another person. Yes. But the edification, I think I'm almost craving as if it's a drug mm -hmm. in a, in a more negative sense. Um, isn't real edification. It's that shadow edification. I'd rather just say, have someone say, uh, I just really like who you're being today. Or just, I love you. Yeah. I accept you. I accept, yeah, that you're acceptance. And, and There's nothing you need to do or be to make me love you. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. So back to your initial question in terms of a do-over. Why do you think this is coming back around? I think it's finally time for me to break out of this type of um, external thinking. And mm -hmm. there's something within me is saying, if I'm going to pursue a relationship based on, as you said, values and, and those set of agreements, um, it, it's vibrational. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's maybe Don, it's Donnie, the younger mm -hmm. Don, coming out and knocking on the door of mm -hmm. the 52-year-old the saying, mm -hmm. it's, time to, it's time to fall in love with myself yes. so that somebody else can fall in love with me. Yes. No more long distance relationships with yourself. Right. Where you show up some of the time when you're doing really good mm -hmm. and then you're there for yourself and you give yourself an attaboy or you give a good speech or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then in those more vulnerable moments where you need true intimacy and you really need yourself, you get back on that plane and you jet away. <laughs> head out, right. Yeah. So it makes, it makes good sense now. Yeah. Very, very good sense. Yeah. So just in closing, I'd love you to, I've never said this on the air, I'd love you to edify yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. And yeah. just what are you really proud of yourself for? What do you really acknowledge about yourself? And really try to stay away mm. from it being accomplished or achievement based. I'd really love to hear you acknowledge yourself for just your qualities, mm. like just the inherent newness that you Essence? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I, I would have been drawn to saying things about serving others or, um, you know, measurable, quantifiable type of things. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess to speak about myself, that is hard. Um, yeah, well, here's how you could, here's how you could yeah. reframe that. You know, I love my generosity. Hmm. I love my generosity to others, and I love that I'm being generous to myself by being here today and receiving. Awesome. Yes, I, I'm gifting to myself for once. I've yeah. always... As always, I've always thought about, you know, at the end of the day, is my gift been exhausted? I want to mm -hmm. roll into sleep on, on empty and get a new batch tomorrow and then empty it out again. But I think today is the day to, to do exactly like you're saying and um, be in gratitude to me. Yeah. 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 And you've heard me say on the air, if you've listened to the show, I heard this from Lisa Nichols, only give from your saucer. Uh -huh. Meaning, you know, imagine a teacup that's full of tea or bulletproof coffee. <laughs> And, you know, we only give from the spillover. So instead of emptying your cup at the end of every day, keep it full with your own self-love, self-affirmation, self-trust, so that you can give from the overflow. I like that. I will start giving from the overflow. Yeah. I need to keep a little in the tank. Yeah. No, you can keep the tank full. Keep the tank full, right. Yes. Okay, so more. Um, and I'm super proud that I'm learning to say Don matters mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. And maybe today's the day where I can take off the cloak of invisibility and yes. it'd be nice to be seen. So I will, I will make every effort just to see myself first. Yeah. And if everyone else does, well, that's a gift too. But yeah. first and foremost. 
And I see you. I see oh, your lovability, you. your worthiness, your enoughness, your deservingness, the generosity of your spirit, your strength, and, and your uniqueness. You now you're just different than your sister, not less than. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just different from others, not less than. We're all the same in so many ways. So much. So really embrace the unique expression that you are. I thank you very much for that. I salute that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you much. <laughs> so thank you to Don for showing up and letting us see him, being truly intimate, taking off the invisibility cloak and giving us a window into his thoughts, into his feelings, and into his life. And I'm sure that many of you watching or listening could really resonate and relate to a lot of what Don was saying. I think that so many of us go into that, I call it a compensatory strategy of overachieving or high achieving whenever we feel like we were less than in any other way. I mean, I can relate to it personally. If you've watched or listened to the show for a while, you know that had some bullying and teasing and felt really left out as a kid. So I also felt invisible and felt like I wasn't enough in some way and compared myself to other people. And whenever we feel less than in any way, our ego, which is basically the thing that keeps us in survival mode mentally, has to come up with some way to compensate for it. And mine, like Don's, was to be that overachiever, that high achiever, always putting that pressure on myself and enough was never enough. But as you heard with Dawn, all that really does is it distances ourselves from who we truly are. Because when we're out there consistently trying to prove ourselves, we're unconsciously running the belief that we're never enough. We're never enough, we're never enough, we're never enough. And we're always looking for that external validation, the next accomplishment, the next validation from a person, another amount of money, getting a job, whatever it may be. We're looking for that outside thing to make us feel worthy and to make us feel visible. And so many times, for so many of us, the only way we feel we truly feel seen is if someone else sees us and gives us that acknowledgement. And Don was a little bit in the cycle of that, of consistently looking for outside things or other people to give him that acknowledgement. And the only time you got the self-acknowledgement is when that external acknowledgement was somehow given, and then internally he could be proud of himself. But his whole sense of self-worth was based on doing rather than just being. And we talked about his childhood, and he had a great level of self-awareness, which really helped us get deeper in this session because he had already done a lot of self-reflection. And he talked about how growing up he felt like he was in the shadow of his sister, And that's huge. And I think a lot of people who have what they'd say good childhoods often minimize what happens when we have that good childhood, but there's like one kind of really little thing that's a huge thing that impacts the rest of our life. And I think especially as a young man growing up in the shadow of a woman, the shadow of his sister he really started beating himself up as a, at a young age as not being enough, not measuring up, not just as a person, but as a boy, as a man, that his sister was better than him. So I'm not surprised he was attracted to something like the military because one thing we didn't talk about in the episode was also like maybe even a need to prove manhood and like my strength, and I, I can do it, and I am enough. So after years of running this pattern, it sounds like he attracted a 
I'm going to say either issue-based or journey-mate relationship. I'll explain what those are to really help him break free of this pattern once and for all. His initial question to me was about his romantic relationship and about starting over and trying it again. And he used the word do-over. And for those of you who aren't familiar with my work, a do-over is when a similar experience comes back around, but you have the opportunity to relate to it in a different way. So in other words, to apply the lessons you learned from the first round and reflecting on whatever happened to something when it comes around the second time. And as we talked about in the episode, he had drawn in someone that was A, long distance physically, but when someone's long distance physically, that also means they're long distance emotionally as well, because there's less intimacy. Like Don was saying, like you could be on your best behavior and then go home when it started to get a little tough. And this person also had some trust issues. She wasn't really feeling completely safe and secure in the relationship. And I had to unpack that a little bit because I wasn't clear. Obviously, I'm only talking to Don. I'm not hearing her side of it. Is it how he was showing up that was triggering the trust issues? Or did she already have some trust issues and he was just like the perfect stacker for her issues? And I'm not sure which one it is completely, but after talking to him a little more, my sense of it is they both have some trust issues. On her end, there was probably some insecurity because if she was doubting him or worried that he was cheating, she probably had some limiting beliefs around not being worthy, not being enough, um, him finding someone better. And that is totally mirroring Don's biggest fears as well. I mean, he grew up feeling like there was someone better than him early in his childhood, it was his sister, but then that fear perpetuated. So that's why they may be drawn together in terms of an issue-based relationship and they have similar issues. They distance themselves from themselves. There's some trust issues, low self-worth, low self-esteem, those kinds of things. And usually with issue-based relationships, they're good when they're good, but oh, when, when there's challenges, that's when it gets really, really difficult. There's often good chemistry, But in terms of values and and where you want to go, sometimes issue-based relationships don't work out. Now, this could also be a little bit of a journeymate relationship. And journeymate relationships aren't as fiery as issue-based, but they are when two people come together to teach each other very valuable lessons. And the relationship doesn't have to be tumultuous. It doesn't have to be a terrible breakup. You just realize, wow, you've taught me something very important. Thank you for that. And the relationship has a bit of an expiration date because both people learn what they need to learn. And so there's not as much of a resonance anymore because you learn the lessons and it's time to move on. And I don't know what it is for Don. This, This person could also be someone he spends the rest of his life with, but the relationship doesn't matter so much until he really comes to a place of self trust and acceptance inside himself. As long as he's continuing to look for external validation, as long as he's continuing to put this pressure on, I have to achieve, And as long as at some level he thinks that he doesn't matter and that he's not truly seen, it doesn't matter if it's this woman or someone else, he's going to keep attracting the same kind of relationships that have trust issues, that are distant. Even with his wife, because his ex-wife, he talked about how they were just totally different personality types. That created distance. So there was sort of a lack of intimacy there because they were more kind of that roommate compatibility-based relationship than truly, truly seeing each other for who they really were and creating a life together. It's almost like they lived on two separate tracks. 
So this really is about falling in love with himself process, as Don said. It isn't about, is this relationship going to work? It's more, how is this relationship reflecting to me the relationship I have inside myself? And how do I not create internal distance? And how do I trust myself? And how do I love myself? And then look at my relationship and ask, is it a value fit? And I also just gave him some relationship coaching because a lot of times issues in relationships can be resolved just through communication. And the biggest piece of advice that I passed on to Don that I'll pass on to you as well is create agreements in your relationships rather than expectations. Please don't expect the other person to read your mind. Please don't think that just because you say something, message sent is message received. Perception check. Make sure that you have clear agreements. And be sensitive to your partner's needs and make agreements around how you can reassure them, how you can meet their needs. And if you do that, if you keep meeting the agreements and it's not working or your partner isn't holding their end of the agreements, then you really need to reevaluate and say, hey, is this a value match? Or do I keep showing up in this relationship not getting my needs met, expecting it to change, and ending up with an expectation hangover. Because one thing that I I will say is true about relationships is that unless both people are committed to their own learning and growth, if one person is super committed to their own learning and growth and the other person is completely resistant and just wants to stay in their limiting beliefs and their fears and their self-doubt or whatever it is, eventually that relationship hits an expiration date. And the final thing we did in the show is I had Don edify himself. And I don't use that word edify, and I asked him what it meant to him. And he talked about how it means kind of just acknowledging, being proud of. But here's actually what the word edify really means. Because there's always what we say and the actual meaning of the word, because on an unconscious level, we know what it means. And the actual meaning of the word is so important. So the word edify means to instruct or improve someone morally or intellectually. So just in that definition alone, the word improve, even the word edify comes from the place of there's something wrong and we need to improve it. So notice that instead of using pride and acknowledgement and those types of things, even in his edification, there was the instruction and the improvement kind of wired into that. And it just goes back to show how much pressure he puts on himself to constantly be better. Now, I also looked up the word acknowledge. Here's what acknowledge means. Accept or admit the existence or truth of. Recognize the fact or importance or quality of. See the difference in those words? The acknowledgement is the acceptance of the truth. The acknowledgement is seeing the qualities. So Don, if you're watching, switch out that word edify and start to use the word acknowledgement. And to all of you out there, notice what words you use commonly and look them up and verify if the meaning of the word is actually really what you want to be reinforcing day after day after day. And coaches, ask your clients if they're using a word that pops out to you or they're using a word frequently, like what does that word mean to you? And look it up with them and challenge them and say, is this the definition you want to be reinforcing? Now some takeaways for you, things you can apply to your own life. First, no external relationship is bulletproof. Every relationship has growth and learning and agreements and renegotiation of those agreements and expiration dates. So please don't put the pressure or expectation on yourself or anyone you're in relationship with that it's bulletproof. Now, 
you can create agreements, you can create healthy relationships. The one relationship that can be, in Don's words, bulletproof, is our relationship with ourself, because like what he said, that's the one we actually have choice and control over. Really, the only relationship that you have total control over, I don't love using the word control, but for lack of a better word, is your relationship with yourself. So really look at your relationship with yourself. Evaluate it. Is it a healthy relationship? Would you want to be in partnership with you based on the way you treat you? And notice how that is a reflection of what's happening in your external relationships. Next, identify what your compensatory strategy is. If you need a little more information on that, you can get Expectation Hangover and read about that in the behavioral section or register for my personal mastery course where I teach you all about your compensatory strategies and avoidance traps. In this particular coaching episode, Don's was that overachiever, that high achiever, thinking that in order to matter, in order to compensate for feeling like he didn't matter and wasn't enough, he constantly had to be achieving. The thing with our compensatory strategies is they're effective, but they're really depleting as well, which is why at the end of every day, he was going to bed empty rather than feeling full, which brings me to my next takeaway, give from your saucer. Your self-care tank is not like your gas tank. You don't want to drive yourself around until you're on empty. You want to keep that full and then give from the overflow rather than just emptying yourself out. Next, write a list of your core values when it comes to relationships. So many times we think about relationships in terms of the characteristics of the other person. You know, where we want them to live, what we want them to be like, what color hair we want them to have, just characteristics that at the end of the day really don't matter. What matters most in terms of a side-by-side partnership kind of relationship is similar core values. So don't just think it, write it down, write down your top five core values and let that be your compass for relationship and for major choices that you make in your life. And finally, self-acknowledgement, really words of affirmation, telling yourself you're proud of yourself, not for what you do, but just for who you are, because you're enough, you're worthy, you're deserving. That is your birthright. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I always love hearing from you, so please comment on some of your learnings from the show. You can watch more live coaching episodes here on this channel or listen to over hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Over It and On With It on iTunes. You can also click on that link below. Until next time, everybody, much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.